All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. I feel like as soon as you become a mom, as I would say, the story I'm telling myself is that the world forgot that there's other sides of me. This is probably where I struggle the most. She said, it's easy to feel like your only job is mom and you're forgotten that you have other roles as wife, partner, daughter, friend. We are live, baby. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Happy Wednesday, baby. Happy Wednesday. We made it. We we made it. Yeah. We made it to hump day. Today, I'll let you introduce the, the uh, topic. Yes, for today's discussion. topic of discussion. We actually tried to film this twice yesterday. Yes. Um, and failed. So we thought... Why not do it live and actually answer questions? Um, but today's topic is all about postpartum and everything that comes with it and what nobody warns you about. So postpartum intimacy, how it affects our relationship, the hormones, the depression, the baby blues, all of it. And we are going to be responding to your comments and questions live. So if you have any regarding this topic, please drop them in there. Again, we are not here to give advice. We are not qualified professionals, <laughs> but we do like to try to steer you in the right direction. So we will include resources uh, if you're needing help or if you're struggling. Um, we'll include that in the description once we get rolling here. So I feel like this show is technically like our cry for help. <laughs> well, it's a fun place for us to, to talk about the things we're going through. It's almost like our, our journal in a lot mm -hmm. of senses, you know? I will say the funniest thing about this is every once in a while we'll start covering a topic and we're like, wow, we really didn't air this one out yet. This is... And this is causing issue. And so 
the ironic thing about us discussing postpartum struggles today. Yes. And having tried to record this episode several times before is that resulted in and of itself in a little scuff. Yeah. Because we're in the thick of it. (laughs) We have a 12 week old son, Mm -hmm. which Andrew thinks is wrong, but he is actually 12 weeks old. I need somebody to verify that. He's he's not not three months yet, but he is 12 weeks. Very confusing. Very confusing. (laughs) Here's where I want to start with postpartum. Okay. I like to start with stats because... A lot of times when people are going through a struggle, they feel isolated and they feel alone and they don't feel like anybody else is experiencing what they're experiencing. So here's some numbers from postpartumdepression.org. They say that approximately 70 to 80% of women will experience at a minimum the baby blues, uh, which the baby blues I had to look up are defined as condition that most commonly occurs around two to five days after delivery and resolves around 10 to 14 days. Women experience crying bouts, sadness, anxiety, irritability, sleep disturbance, appetite changes, confusion, and fatigue. So that's like baby blues is like the mellow version of postpartum depression. And the stats say that there's a reported rate of 10 to 20% of mothers who experience postpartum depression after giving birth, which, which is, is a lot. That's, that's almost, I mean, if you take the high end of that, that's one in every five, which is nuts. There's also, I mean, there's so many nuances to the postpartum life, including you can de- develop postpartum OCD. Mm-hmm. We wanted to highlight that to start because Sean was never clinically uh, diagnosed with Mm -hmm. postpartum depression, but it is a wild time to say the least. And it's a time of a lot of adjustments. There's a lot going on and don't feel guilty if you feel like you're out of your normal stride. Yes. So where to begin? I feel like we have gone through a very similar roller coaster with Jet that we went through with Drew. I feel like it's a little bit better with Jet just because we're now aware that like this is just a phase, but it is very similar. And that roller coaster kind of goes like this. So we have a kid. We're on cloud nine. We're terrified. We're emotional. We're so excited. We know that the next however many weeks are going to be sleepless nights and crying babies and just trying to figure it out. Um, But we usually hit a rut around eight weeks. It was when we hit a rut with Drew and it's when we hit a rut with Jet. And that rut is kind of this realization that Andrew and I are very, very disconnected. And I think that just comes because you spend so much of your time as new parents focusing on being parents and not focusing on being spouses, Mm -hmm. which is normal. That is like part of the process. But then you add into that, I'm going through so many hormonal changes and I feel insecure and I feel like I really am isolated and alone and I'm so, you know, the babies are so dependent on me that I don't really have like a freedom there. There's so many things that happen that really kind of forces you to change your identity for a while. And this rut that we get in usually is an argument that just explodes and we're really not arguing about anything at all. It could be as little as like you didn't take out the trash, but it just explodes and it always ends with, I don't feel like I know you right now. I don't feel like I'm loved as a wife or loved as a husband. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel seen. I don't feel like we've hugged in 12 weeks. I don't let alone done anything else. What are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) Um, it's just like this very hard time. And we did go through that about two weeks ago, three weeks ago and are on the up and up, but it's hard. It's very hard. And nobody prepares you for that. That is a hundred percent. 
true. And I would say <laughs> when you say we're on the up and up, I mean, it's so weird having these discussions about what we're going through. I feel like in some ways it's healthy. In some ways it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like a little difficult because yeah. some of these wounds are fresh. But are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so so cute. I listened to a few episodes and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show Brainchild. So these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning Really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But I do, I do like this setting to have these conversations because a lot of times it's when we have more grace and forgiveness than mm -hmm. if it were in the heat of a moment of an <laughs> yeah. argument. So anyway, I, I do think that what Sean was talking about with the identity change mm -hmm. where you go from having a rhythm in life to that absolutely being hijacked by this new being. And there's so many layers of chores and mm -hmm. scheduling and stresses that can enter into your life that it throws you out of whack much less than even like, we're, hormones yeah. are <laughs> such a real, such a real thing, such a real thing, and such a real factor when it comes to to this period as well. So I don't know if you know anything about hormones, but nothing. <laughs> I've never experienced it, Andrew. I'm I kidding. think the hormones make things so much harder because, like Andrew said, my body as a mom feels hijacked after you have a kid because you have all of these waves of emotion and you feel mom guilt and you feel terrified because you want to be able to take care of a baby as best as you can but you also don't know how. And then you're literally crying happy one second and then you're crying sad the next and you don't know why. And trying to explain that to your spouse or partner is really challenging because they aren't going through it. And I don't know how to explain to him, like I don't have control over this. Mm. Like it's like actually like a physical reaction. And it's a lot because on top of that, you're almost kind of aware of it. It's like an out-of-body experience. I'm like watching myself have this meltdown and I'm like, what are you doing? But then I can't control it. Well, on that note, I just had the, the you know, response of, well, maybe the best thing to do is to write it off. Any argument we have, just to write that off as, oh, this is hormones and, and we'll get back to it. I'm going to say. I don't think that's the right way. I'm going to say we should probably to, never to, do that. To go about that. Sp spouses, partners, <laughs> husbands, please uh, don't ever remember what he just said. No, I'm saying I was, that was my wrong first inclination. But I do think there's wisdom in uh, being present in the moment. So like For sure. I'm sitting there and I realize that hormones might be a factor in this conversation or this argument. But I'm going to, we're going to work through this issue and I'm going to respect your feelings. Yeah. And then we can debrief the whole like, hey, can we go about the whole emotional, you know, outburst a little, not that you do that, but can we go about that differently next time? I'm curious. We do have uh, a lot of people chiming in here. Melody Ingram is eight weeks postpartum with twins. Congrats, oh, Melody. That's Andrew's dream. And she's a first time mom. The change is really hard for uh, their family, she says. I'm curious, Melody, if you could write... 
some of the things, if you're willing to share, uh, that you've learned or you've experienced, we'd love to hear your perspective as well. We don't want to just share ours. We have a pretty limited perspective, but uh, Brooke says it's kind of like depression, um, mm -hmm. just depression in general. You have no control sometimes. And explaining that is really hard. It is really hard. And the only thing that I can compare it to is I've tried to have this conversation with Andrew many, many times about like my past with eating disorders because it was such a foreign topic to him for so long. And understandably, we would have these conversations and he'd be like, well, why don't you just stop? Or why don't you just not eat that? Or why don't you just go eat a healthy meal? Or why don't you just not listen to that voice? And similar to depression or mental illness of any kind, you get to a point where that's almost impossible. It's almost like you, you physically and mentally cannot fight off the evil. It just is who you are. Or that's, that's the, that's the belief. It's mm. just there. And it takes so much strength and so much help from other people, preferably professionals to help you find that strength again. And that's, that's like, a, it's a real struggle. Yeah, it is humbling. We've, we've talked about this before, but the nurses, when we first took Drew home, their last piece of advice was <laughs> remember that nobody wants to hurt their baby. So if you're frustrated, just put Drew down in the crib. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why would they say that? Yeah. But then when you're caught up in that first couple of weeks or months and you're in the heat of the moment where the baby's crying and you feel terrible and you're tired and your spouse is stressing you out, like you, there is like this uncontrollable factor to it and just don't don't get caught up in the in the heat of the moment i would say is, yeah is one thing but we always say let's transition to like maybe the more positive side of things mm -hmm. there's three to four months after you have the baby where it's really tough mm -hmm. in our experience but i feel like that four month mark is you start to see daylight you start to settle into the routine you start to understand the new norm mm -hmm. and so that's when things start getting fun that's when i feel like you and i started connecting really really well again and um i'm excited we're you know we're two months into this so far so i'm excited to, to get to that point even though i'm really enjoying where we're at it's challenging i don't know how else to say it someone cara cara helton asked what has helped you guys support each other in this new journey a lot but i feel like something that we did before we had drew and before we had jet was we had serious conversations about postpartum depression and i was the first one to bring it up with drew because i had worked for so long with professionals therapists nutritionists to get over that eating disorder hump and like saying that had consumed me for so long my biggest fear was going back into that and whether it was postpartum depression or an eating disorder so i talked to andrew a lot i was like listen I'm going to need you to look out for X, Y, and Z and really like ask me every single day, how am I feeling? Mm. What am I doing? Do I like, do we need to bring in outside help? All of this stuff. So we really, we really just made it a normal thing to talk about it, mm -hmm. which I feel like is really probably the hardest, the hardest part of it. The hardest thing to do, which is to just breach the topic and mm -hmm. be like, listen, how are you feeling? Are you feeling sad and depressed? Cause that's okay. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Actually, December Bowles uh, wrote in, said that she would tell her husband her overreaction is her hormonal, but the feeling behind it is real. I love That's that. That's good. December preaching it. I love that. Tori Megan says having a baby is certainly not all sh uh, rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> Hormones make things so rocky. And after birth, you feel like you have to get your body back right afterwards. And that just adds more to it. That's the other thing, too, is like the mom guilt. 
No. Well, sorry, I've never experienced mom guilt. The guilt of you, you realize that this is such a precious time of life and why aren't you happy and like really able to fully enjoy mm-hmm. it? Or the guilt of I, you know, feel like I need to get my body back, like Tori says, and I'm not, or I don't feel I don't feel healthy. It's very complicated. It's so interesting. And we're going to talk, I would love for you, Sean, uh, in a little bit to talk about, we've, we're getting questions about what vitamins you found helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk about athletic greens. I think we'll share that in a couple minutes here. And also like your workout routine that you worked up to. These will all be helpful things. Here are some uh, ways that we found that you can help you or your partner through this difficult time. So one is... Um, Making sure that you do have this perspective with your child. This article says uh, create a secure attachment with your baby. And so keeping an environment where your baby is safe, again, like putting the baby down if you're at this low point or giving him off to Mm -hmm. uh, your spouse or Mm -hmm. or a family member can really help. The second is lean on others for help and support. How do you feel like you did it that one? Leaning on others? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I struggle with that. I have a really hard time asking for help because mom guilt, I feel like you're supposed to be able to do it all. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably just a societal flaw where we paint this image that moms are supposed to be able to do everything. You're supposed to be able to make lunches and change diapers and take care of kids and take care of yourself and have time to go work out and work at the same time and make meals for your spouse and have time for your spouse. They just paint this image that mom is a superhero, which moms are just by having a child, you are a superhero. Nothing more than this. (laughs) You don't like need to earn your cape by doing anything more than having a child or being a mom. Okay, well, this is something that we struggle with where it's like, I don't have the expectation that you're going to make my lunch or keep the house spick and span clean or do the dishes or make the, like, but you feel like, you're expected to do that or that's that's an inherent yes. desire of yours to have the house clean or to make me lunch or, or what like how what percentage of it is outside influence versus your internal desire you know what i'm saying i would say it's probably 50 50 i think the outside influence sets my expectations of what i want to be able to achieve does that mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. so like the world is telling me i should be able to do it all and so in my mind i'm like well then i need to hmm. and if i can't i failed so Andrew and I had like a little conversation about this yesterday. I got really, really frustrated because we were trying to work, but I was also watching Jet while Drew was at school and Jet would start crying in the middle of work and I'd have to go back and forth. And I was just like, I feel like I'm failing on both sides. I'm not being a successful like Mm. business person and I'm not being a successful mom. And it makes me feel like I'm failing just in all aspects. So it's just mom guilt in general. It's so hard. Um, Brittany, you know, the, the, solution we're talking about is leaning on each other and Brittany says that she had some serious uh, postpartum rage and depression but just lived in denial for the first six months and once she started talking about it she felt better also she says the real game changer for her has been exercise very interesting so on the idea of leaning on each other making relationships a priority I think with your spouse like we've done date night and also with friendships too you talk about the feeling of being isolated Mm -hmm. so much and so having friends that come over and hold the baby you could chat to or vent to or whatever I feel like you found pretty helpful and then talking about your feelings and finding the the last one was they said be a joiner which is like find other people who are in your same spot so whether Mm -hmm. that's a Facebook group or some you know local community of other moms who have recently had babies I feel like finding other people who are going through what you're going through you you glean wisdom and perspective that otherwise you wouldn't be able to I want to 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with the therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam talk about one thing okay samantha kraus brought it up and i just want to be like yes yes this is probably where i struggle the most she said it's easy to feel like your only job is mom and you're forgotten that you have other roles as wife partner daughter friend and Mm. i feel like that is that isolating feeling that i have tried to talk to andrew about a lot of times i feel like as soon as you become a mom and this is just as the gottman institute has taught us as I would say, the story I'm telling myself is that the world forgot that there's other sides of me. Mm. So like my friends forgot that I was their friend. They only see mom. So they're like, oh, she's busy. We'll probably not bother her today. And that my spouse sees, oh, she's such a good mom. She's being such a good mom, but has forgotten that I am your wife and doesn't see me as your wife. Like you don't see me as your wife anymore. And, and like my parents, they no longer see daughter. They see their grandchild. Mm. And it's just, you feel so forgotten and like you don't have any other aspect to you than mom. And it can be, it can, it can fuel those thoughts of like rage and depression and anger and frustration because you're just like, listen, guys, I, I, you're not seeing me. You're not helping me. You're only seeing the mom that's supposed to be able to do everything. Mm. That's right. We have some questions here. Well, Caitlin asked, did you take athletic greens when you were pregnant? Okay, so I did, but you want to ask your OB. I took it all the way through both pregnancies and postpartum. I I think it really helped mine, but I did clear it with my OB first, as you should as well. Good advice there. So this kind of transitions us into the tip number three, which is take care of yourself. These are mostly for moms, but also one of the stats that I did not hit on is that, uh, let's see, where's the one about men? Oh, that men can go through postpartum depression as well. Yeah. Which, which was makes so much sense. 10%, approximately 10% of new fathers experience symptoms of, of depression during the postpartum period. So these tips apply to, to everybody, but that's crazy to think about. Okay, so this kind of brings us full circle to something we talked about right at the beginning, which is identity. Something nobody prepares you for is that identity shift. So when you become a parent, the things that you think are so glamorous actually are what make it really hard. So it's just been you and your spouse or you and your partner up until this moment. You bring a kid into the picture and now you have someone else living in your house full time, rent free, not rent free, really. And on top of that, they're splitting your spouse with you. So we had the Gottman Institute kind of explain this to us where up until the moment you have a kid, if you get into an argument with your spouse, the only way to feel like comforted and loved again is to figure that kind of argument out because Mm. you need your spouse's cuddles and comfort again, if that makes sense. But with a kid, you can kind of just go a separate way and go get that comfort and love from your child. Hmm. It's like you're sharing your heart with another person and trying to keep that kind of 
trio or four people or five, how many, however many kids you have in a happy like arrangement is really difficult. It is really difficult. So what does it look like to take care of yourself? There's a, a little smattering we, we have here of ideas. One is doing less housework and letting that stress fade to the background. So mm-hmm. the dishes don't always need to be spick and span. The house is not always going to be super clean. Um, taking care of yourself by easing back into exercise. And you could talk about that in a little bit. Practice like meditation or prayer, whatever that looks like for you. Quiet time. I feel like when you have kids, there's just so few moments in the day where it's quiet. Getting as much sleep as you can, whether it looks like taking a nap. The doctors always said, whenever the baby's napping, you need to nap. (laughs) Um, Set aside quality time for yourself. So doing something you love, whether it's taking a walk or reading a book or watching a show, whatever it is. Eating. Good Lord, that was a massive thing that we learned with Drew. Yeah. That we literally had to like schedule in our calendar, order lunch. We were we wouldn't. a lot better with that after Jet because we realized with Drew, we just didn't eat. Gosh, that was whack. I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Chelsea Ann says, Andrew, is there something you found hard for you or dads after having a baby that you wish was talked about more? There's many topics about moms and what they go through, but it's rare to hear about dad struggles. So... I feel like I am um, like many other new fathers out there where I want to help you. I want to take care of our child, but I don't necessarily know how to navigate the world of, I feel like it's par for the course that the mom has stronger preferences on the baby's schedule or like, you know, there's so many stylistic things about how kids rate or how parents raise kids, whether it's like how social they're going to be, how many people are allowed in the house, um, what type of outfits, you know, bath times and how often do you do that or the eating schedule and when do you phase them into, you know, hard food or like real food versus what, like there's so many things and the mom typically has stronger preferences, Mm -hmm. but like I want to help. So I feel like I had to learn and I'm still learning of how can I set up ways for Sean to communicate to me like, hey, here's what I would like the eating schedule to look like. Or here's what I would like the bath schedule to look like. And so I can actually participate in making that happen and take some of the stress off of you. Because that's my my goal is not to make you more stressed and not to, you know, make you feel isolated. Like I want to be there for you. But, you know, you kind of, you don't know what to do. And I feel like when I would try to do it myself without your advice, I would always do something wrong and that would stress you out more where it's like, Andrew, you're doing it wrong. And then I get discouraged because I'm like, well, I'm just trying to help. You know, did that make sense? No, no, no. we've come so far. I know, but you know, it is hard because you're like, you're trying to figure out just how you both operate and how you want to parent. And yes, moms do have very strong preferences, but I think that's just where the conversation needs to come in of like, how do we want to do this? Where is the middle ground? What is the compromise? What is going to be our parenting Hmm. kind of like strategy? Yeah. And it is worth, this is where date nights come in big time. And we try not to talk about our kids when we're, when it's just Sean and I, because we like to focus on building our relationship, but it is good to schedule in some time where you're like, what's our strategy. Mm -hmm. And this was something that hit me hard that I was talking to a friend who's going through like a rough spot in their marriage. They were like, they're super successful in business. They're super strategic in business. They put so much time thinking about the strategy. and Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found Skims while I was pregnant. And now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. 
Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. You know what they're building in business. And he was like, I realized that I needed to be just as strategic in my marriage mm -hmm. as I was in my business. So like, you don't know this yet, babe. I haven't told you this. I'm really excited. I took that advice. And I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to order a massage table for Sean. And that way I can give you foot rubs. You could take naps on it. I can use that massage oil. You're going to massage me? <laughs> yes. Really? How do you feel about that? You should just order two and we'll have someone come here. <laughs> well, we got to work up to I that. I won't say no. <laughs> you don't like me. You don't like, you don't think I'm good enough to massage you? Oh, I think you are. But I feel like it's going to be like, hey, baby, now it's my turn. Okay, maybe. But the same, the th same thing applies with parenting of like, what's our strategy going into this? And how can we get on the same page so we're a team and not just two individuals fighting against each other? Because that's how it can feel sometimes. By the way, sorry. Do you mind? Well, Holly just made a comment yeah. that I want to, I'm really excited about. She says using their platform for all of us to be able to lean on each other and get advice to get a feeling of hope and unity and comfort. Thank you so much. We are in the process of building something that we're very excited about, mm -hmm. which is like a, it's essentially like a parenting forum where, you know, these comments in the YouTube chat or on Instagram and the wonderful messages and, and comments you leave on pictures and posts that we have it's hard for us to sort through or reply to all those or like go back and re refer to these helpful comments that are being shared. So we're building out a way that we can actually have that as permanent and something that we can go back and find and search for and kind of like really be in touch with you in a better way. So I'm really excited for that. We'll keep you updated on that. So stay tuned. But go ahead. I interrupted you. I was gonna say a couple like quick fire questions that we could spend hours talking about, but that I've seen consistently is... How was the C-section recovery, ver like second time versus first? I don't feel like recovering from a child ever really gets easier. I think the only reason it might seem like it gets easier is you know what to expect. So I don't feel like this one was any easier than Drew, but I knew what I was going to go through. So mentally it made it more um, feasible. Is mm. that the right word I'm looking for? And then a couple of people have asked what happened with the breast milk. I feel like I should just... Oh, the whole Instagram story. That really, that really write, blew up. People were writing articles about that. By the way, I thought it would be I thought it'd be fun to start our episodes with tabloid articles that are written about us. That's just great. headlines. That's great. I so love but that. go ahead. Go ahead. Um so it was a very long day of travel. I had had three canceled flights. I just wanted to get home to my baby. So I was already on the verge of an emotional and mental breakdown. Um I'd already cried a few times that day. And I went through TSA. I have studied all the TSA guidelines, regulations, and rules as it pertains to breast milk because with Drew, I traveled with breast milk and I was um, exclusively pumping. 
And now with Jet, because he is still breastfeeding, I had to pump on the road while I was traveling. TSA states that you can travel with breast milk through security and carry it on in whatever quantities that you want, pretty much up to like 72 ounces. And there is a rule there that states that a TSA does not, they're not required to actually like open up your sealed containers and touch the milk or contaminate the milk pretty much. Um, And the TSA agent that I had that day was adamant that she had to. Every single bag that I was carrying, she was adamant that she had to open it up and actually test the milk. And especially in today's world, I just, I really didn't want that happening. You know, I, I didn't want the potential. You're talking about like germs and whatever yeah. to get in and there. And so if you say no to that, you just have to do like extra screening. And I was like, I'm perfectly, you know, happy to do extra screening. And I just think I upset her in doing that. So there was kind of a power struggle trip going on afterwards with like a super aggressive pat down. And she like ripped the box that I was carrying my breast milk in and I got yelled at. <laughs> she took everything out of my suitcase and just strung it out on the like belt. And it was, it was a lot. And I just stood there and cried. <laughs> so can I just read here? Here's a couple of things on the TSA. This is from TSA.gov. TSA says that formula breast milk and juice are allowed in reasonable quantities and carry on bags. Um, they ask that you remove these items from your carry on bag mm-hmm. to be screened separately from the rest of your belongings. You do not need to be traveling with a child to bring your breast milk. They do have the caveat, though, that the final decision rests with the TSA officer on whether an item is allowed through the checkpoint. So that's a big caveat. That is a big Something caveat. To keep in mind. I know you were heated. And I no, know that was and- traumatic and frustrating. But they also say that breast milk and formula in quantities greater than the 3.4 ounces are allowed in carry on baggage and do not need to fit within a quarter size or quart size bags. They should be separated from other liquids, etc. And then they have this whole thing on traveling with children too. But I, I don't know, like, I don't know where the breakdown is. I'm mm-hmm. sure, I'm sure that was extremely frustrating. And I am sorry that you had to go through that. Thank you. And I, I want to make this clear though. I have no ill will towards that lady that I encountered. What I felt in that moment as a mom where I was crying was that I was a mom trying to get breast milk through security, which mm. was was allowed. And it was just made to be so difficult and stressful as a mom, which sounds that sounds entitled. That sounds bougie. And I'm, I apologize for that. But I was truly trying to do something for my baby and I was humiliated for it. And it just it just felt icky. So. I the just backdrop, hope that process is easier for more moms. To to give the TSA agent context. Yes. This was on a day where Southwest had 1,800 flights canceled. Yes. Because it was in Texas and yes. there was this whole strike. And then also I think there was tornadoes. So I can imagine, I cannot imagine the stress that she was under. And first of all, being a TSA agent has to be one of the... <laughs> least yes. pleasant jobs because 100%. nobody really wants to sit there and chat or be nice with them. So no. it sounds like she was having a rough day and unfortunately you Absolutely. got the, the blunt into that. But anyway, <laughs> those are the thoughts. Back to postpartum. Yes. Uh, Tori says she's sorry that happened. And well, Megan says it's not like you're not a well-known person, which is, fu- you know, people think that Sean being an Olympian gives you rights to no. do a bunch of stuff. One, we wouldn't want special rights. No. And two, that's just not actually how it usually pans out. It usually goes the other direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Which is how it, should, how it should work. Uh, Danny Carew has a question. This is transitioning out of the postpartum specific, but she wants to know how is Drew doing with sharing time with Jet? With Jet? Yeah. I think she's doing a phenomenal job. Mm. 
I think there have definitely been little signs that we've seen where she's asking for more attention. So she's, for a while, she was like super, how would I say that? She like would go back to like the babying. So she would say, mommy, hold me, or I want my passy, or I want a blanket, or she would do like more baby things that it seemed like she had grown out of. However, she loves her brother. She loves playing with him. She loves being around him. She loves that we're around him. I feel like she's really good with it. She really loves him. Mm. Kristen, um, this is postpartum related. Asked, how can I get my husband to understand that postpartum depression isn't contrived or that she's not making her feelings up? So I actually think the Bible has wise words on this where they say, if you have an issue with somebody, talk to them about it personally, then talk to them about it with a small group of friends and then talk about it in a bigger scale. So I would actually sit down, not in the heat of the moment. So mm-hmm. not when there's feelings, you know, fresh. Talk to them when you're both level-headed outside of like your normal context, maybe even, and say, hey, I want you to know that postpartum is a difficult feeling. You can reference like stats, like we can share this article, the postpartum depression and say 70, 80% of women go through X, Y, Z and these are the symptoms. Um, And then if that doesn't work, I would say maybe have some friends that you can discuss it with or they can share their experiences. And then also getting professional help, like from going to see a therapist together and just having them say, you know, validate that, you know what, Kristen, you are going through postpartum and this is going to be a tough couple months. And here's, you know, what you can, ex- your husband can expect. I think just getting an out- outside perspective can help so much. Yeah. I would say the best, we had those conversations. Um, I think the best thing for Andrew was hearing my OB and our pediatrician talk about it. Mm. Because they're not coming from like a biased perspective. They're truly coming from science. And to have our pediatrician even say to Andrew, like, no, at six weeks, her hormones like are going to plummet and she's most susceptible to postpartum depression, like that kind of stuff. It just kind of paints a a better picture. Katie asked, do you have C-section recovery must-haves? I know you have lotions. I know you, well, yeah. C-section recovery must-haves. Um... I don't know. What's the lotion that you use? Don't you use some like vitamin D or like... On my C-section? Do you not? Am I... I use use a prescription strength steroid cream because I... My scars do something really weird. Do they... uh, They keloid. Did you get it from your doc? I did. Okay. So that would be it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just fun fact of the day. Well, your work... Talk about your exercise too. Yes. So I am very careful. I approach C-sections just like I approached my knee surgeries, as you should. It is a very invasive, very extreme surgery that takes a very long time to heal from. And you have to know that and you have to accept that and you can't try to beat the clock because it's not possible. Mm. Um, I take exactly six weeks off. I don't push it. I don't exercise during those times. I do exactly what the doctor says and say, don't do anything. Let yourself heal. And then after six weeks, I start from you know, the ground and work myself up. I do the smallest little exercises and day by day, I slowly graduate to bigger things. I try not to like rush it. I truly try to do physical therapy. Hmm. So I think if you're just aware of that, I think moving really helps me heal from a C-section. So during those six weeks and especially during the first two weeks, even though it's really painful, I try to get up as much as possible and walk around and not be too stagnant. I feel like that helps me feel better sooner. And I personally, this is a weird thing. This is a very personal thing. 
try not to take pain medication once I get home because mm. I'm going to say this because I tend to push the envelope and I try to push myself faster than I'm ready for. And so if I allow myself to truly feel what's going on, I usually slow down. Yeah. Here's some others that you may or may not have mentioned. Hannah says a belly band. Cynthia says belly yeah. binder. Yep. Elizabeth says um, underwear that covers your incision. Mm-hmm. Hannah reinforces that and says high-waisted underwear. Um, so it sounds like there's some helpful stuff out there. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. High-waisted underwear. We're going to leave it at high-waisted underwear. But Brianna, we'll, we'll leave with a couple comments. Brianna says that she's finally able to watch the live. She's been following you guys for years. And I love all the knowledge I get from your videos. Thank you. Uh, oh, Kristen says, thank you. I appreciate you both and your transparency. So that's all we have for you today, babe. I appreciate your transparency in regards yeah. to this issue. And we are working through it live. So we'll give you updates and continue to share what we've learned. But thank you for watching. If you haven't yet, uh, please subscribe to the channel and give it a thumbs up. Also, if you're watching on the live stream, just there's that thumbs up on YouTube that you can hit. Helps us out. Appreciate that. And we will see you next week. We have a fun interview. Thanks for joining. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show. And Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.